0: Welcome back to a new episode of Bitch Breathe, and I am your host, Ricardia. Today is a very special broadcast, if you will, for me, because today is episode number 50. So it's 50 episodes of Bitch Breathe of my reminiscent renderings with you all who have been participating and supporting me in so, so many ways and on so many channels, and it's also... A year. So I have been a podcaster for a year. And that, of course, makes me think back and reflect on the kind of year I guess we've all had to varying degrees of misery, but also euphoria and new discoveries, I think. And I... Just really wanted to take a moment to thank you for joining me on this journey which took me a lot of courage to begin and if there weren't that special person in my life who hadn't pushed me to do so, so this is a shout out to the bow, then this might not have happened or might have happened a lot later, who knows. So I'm really happy to still be here with you and to step into dialogue when we do write to each other. I also want to thank those of you who are supporting my book I have written, and I'm in the second rewrite of a book about breakups called The Breakup Call, and I have started to read from that book on Gumroad, so if you'd like to support the project, if you'd like to join the conversation about this subject, then I welcome you there. You'll find the link to Gumroad in the show notes. So for the anniversary issue, we are going to talk about the magic and misconceptions of self-love. Self-love is big on the agenda of all the spiritual and the dating scenes these days. I think I can't open my Instagram feed without there being some reference to the concept or a hashtag self-love. And there's been so much talk about it and so much literature that came out for the subject, thankfully, that I've actually been reading and looking into it for quite some time, both because life (laughs) demanded it of me and because it's so prominent in my algorithm, I guess, or my environment. Basically, the idea of self-love has become so mandatory, I guess, in some ways, that if we don't manage self-love, we sometimes feel like we've failed the class. And then you got to take this class like over and over and over again until you finally master self-love. And there are armies of coaches and teachers and gurus and self-pronounced experts letting us know that everything starts with loving ourselves. And they're not wrong. In fact, I dedicated a whole section of my book to this particular idea. So that said, it feels like you've got some sort of choice going on of self-love or self-loathe is what the feeling is with me anytime I read about it anywhere. And I feel like, oh my God, that is such a tall order. Self-loathing isn't. (laughs) I can go there any day of the week. But the whole self-love idea feels like this really high standard of accomplishment that I'm not quite sure am I ever going to obtain that, or at least it used to be that I thought, I'm not going to get even close. So today I want to look at some of the misconceptions about self-love, meaning what it is not or how maybe we have started to contort this idea into something that is actually quite the opposite or at least goes in a different direction, but also the magic of self-love itself. So first and foremost, just for completion's sake, I want to mention that there's nothing wrong with getting a mani and pedi and calling it (laughs) self-love. I just would want for us to not stop there. So even though self-care is part of self-love unless we dig a little bit deeper and get a whole lot more uncomfortable, then taking care of ourselves in a cosmetic or or overtly obvious way is only going to go, well, skin deep. So just wanted to send that ahead so we don't get confused about the two ideas. One of the things that I thought were starting to happen around the idea of self-love is we're starting to think like we have to do this alone. That would make sense, right? Who else is going to love us? us the way we do who else is capable of that but i want to disagree with this in a little way because i don't want self love to become this item on a list of things i have to get independent about so yes it is very important that we love ourselves but it's not something we have to achieve all by ourselves or that has to sort of become this agenda that we have to pursue and know how to do it by ourselves This is going to be very hard to do. In fact, if I hadn't had a community of people around me, and we'll get to role models and stuff later, and literature and seeing people who know how to do this well, there was no way I was going to be able to, what felt at the beginning, manufacture this feeling. If we lack role models in our lives, if we don't know what self-love looks like, then there's no way we're going to be able to do it unless we've naturally been born with a whole lot of it. I also know people like that who are just naturally taking care of themselves, who love their own accomplishments, and who have a healthy self-esteem. These are the minority, but they do exist. For them, it's probably not so difficult to get to that idea of self-love. But for the rest of us, maybe, I just wanted to remind us that we don't have to do self-love by ourselves. One of the misconceptions about self-love, I feel, has become that this is some sort of a stationary goal or a permanently static state that once reached, we no longer have to take care of. Now, again, if you're naturally in this position of taking very good care of yourself and really respecting and loving yourself, then that may be true. But if you're not exactly coming to this concept naturally, then it's important to keep going. And that is why, among many other reasons for me, love is not just a noun, it's a verb. We have to keep doing it for it to keep working. Making it a habit of engaging in activities and treatments, if you will. I don't mean Botox. (laughs) Yes, I don't mean Botox, although that can totally be part of it for you. Um, I just mean that we want to be practicing all sorts of activities, learning new activities, maybe getting some inspiration from other people about what self love in action for us looks like. And so to just keep going with that, because if we stop because maybe we have a new relationship and we're getting distracted, or there's a new career step ahead and it's taking up a lot of our time, or we're traveling, or this one is huge, we have children and we're taking care of family, then the whole idea of self-love, if not practiced, will quickly drop to the bottom of your, I'm going to call it, to-do list. So love is a verb. Keep at it. Another thing around this idea of self-love, or love indeed, is that love is not a status game. So if we're making everyone else around us toxic because maybe we've had this big-ass awakening or we've been to that workshop and now we're like, yep, everyone around me is toxic. If that is what's happening, we have to examine, could that be true? Could that really actually be what is going on right now? Or maybe we've begun to do this whole idea of self-love by excluding other people from that. So I love myself so damn much that you have now been designated a toxic person. That can happen. Our circle of friends can reshuffle all the time depending on our own personal transformation. That is not the problem. The problem is if I've now elevated my new insights, my new me, indeed, to a point where everyone else clearly isn't getting it. So to just remember that if our cultivating of self-love has become something that elevates us above most other people, then maybe we've dropped into the other trap, which is we now love ourselves so much, we know so much, so much better that now nobody else fits into our idea or life anymore. And just to sort of examine that, that could be true for many. I know that it was that for me many years ago with some friends, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And if it develops in a very strong way to maybe ask ourselves, have we gone overboard with the whole concept a little bit? And you know what else I find interesting sometimes? It's not so easy for me to understand the difference between selfish and self-love. I feel like that takes a really trained eye to pick these two apart. And so what I began to do, what I love to do, because I'm so in love with questions sometimes more than I am with, with their answers or answers in general, was to ask myself what are some of the criteria that I use to determine selfish or self-love. Because what looks selfish to many could just be a really strong statement of self-love to others. And when we begin to cultivate self-love... We're not necessarily going to be met with open arms in our families, in our careers. You know, expectations are going to be like, but wait, why are you suddenly doing this? You can't just change on us like this, but you always used to do this for me. And that is the moment when we have to ask ourselves, okay, am I being selfish or am I for the first time in my life actually loving myself and so setting up some healthy boundaries? But how do I know the difference? How do I know what self-love looks like? I think we all know what selfish looks like, but maybe we're not exactly sure about the interpretation of either of those things. So I began to ask myself questions as to what kind of culture did I grow up in? How was selfish defined? And did anyone even ever mention or live the idea of self-love? Another clue we could be looking for is gender, huge. What men sometimes do take care of business, to take care of family, you know, just taking care of shit, looks like a determined and responsible male. When a woman decides to take care of business and go for that career, it's not necessarily considered determined or positively connoted. It's considered selfish. And so to understand that what is considered selfish or self-love for male energy or male-identified people is will not look the same for female and to be very alert about the differences there. Of course, our background, our family, our ethnic background can be a huge clue as to how selfish and self-love is defined. And I want to get into a lovely example that my aunt provided for me many, many years ago. My aunt is way over 70. She was already way over 70 at the time. She's got this little rose tattooed (laughs) over her left boob, I think it is, on her chest there. And we were looking through old pictures. And one of the pictures portrayed her in a bikini not too long ago. So this was a woman in her 70s looking at a picture of herself in a bikini. And my aunt is a regular Trinidadian woman. So she's full figured and um, has this beautiful skin tone. And she looks at this picture and we're all looking at it. I have a very big Trinidadian family with tons of cousins. And we're all looking at this picture. And my aunt looks at it. And she's got this big smile on her face. And she says, Lord, I love myself. (laughs) And it came from such a place of true self-value and appreciation that in that moment I sent a prayer to the heavens saying please goddesses let me be this loving towards my visual self but also my inner self when I am my aunt's age and I know that that could sound superficial like what she thought she was hot in a bikini but that's not what I mean I mean that aging is difficult even more difficult for, for females, maybe in some ways, that there's a certain beauty standard we all live up to, whatever. My aunt did not care. She saw herself and thought she looked beautiful. And I looked at her and I thought, yes, absolutely. That is that is the truth. You indeed are a person who, who radiates and I just thought that was such an amazing example of somebody really being their own fan, not in a narcissistic way, but in a self-appreciation way. That seemed really healthy to me at that moment. So looking for where in our gender, in our upbringing and everywhere else, we've found examples of selfish versus self-love. If those examples still don't give us clues as to what one or the other could be or how they could be interpreted, then maybe we can look at the outcome of how these behaviors panned out. So once somebody's acted very selfishly or very self-lovingly, you can tell by the results of that behavior which was which. So if it was very selfish, there could have been not just hurt feelings, because self-care can do that too, or self-love, but maybe some actual consequences. Somebody going on a trip, even though their partner really, really needs help right now, or is going through a tough time with their career, or with the children, whatever, then maybe postpone that vacation for another time. That would be self-love, because you're still taking that vacation for yourself, but you're also paying attention to what the needs of this partner or this family member are. So really looking at the outcome of how much damage occurs from this behavior and how much self-love occurs after the behavior, even in others as they take their cues from this person who's exercising their right and their ability to take care of themselves. Sometimes I'm still not sure what's what. And I find it hard to draw up borders or boundaries around those I love. I think sometimes it's harder to self-love when there are obligations and duties for family members and loved ones than it is maybe at work. Or maybe for you, it's exactly the other way around. You can totally set up boundaries around family, but at work, you're like, that's right. Yes, I will take on that extra workload and work through the weekend. So when we're still not sure what is what, it's helpful to look at our friends and our community and to see who looks like they really love themselves. And I have this one particular friend, I've been friends with her for many, many years. She lives in Florida now. And I've always throughout the years noticed that no matter what upheaval was in her life, she even went through an incredible depression bout for a couple of years. And repeatedly, she was a dancer, and then she was doing really well. And so there were very extreme different phases. But throughout these phases, that girl knew how to take care of herself. She would take ages picking out healthy food at the deli. Sometimes I'd be like, oh, my God, can we just get out of here? Just pick something. Or she would like read the ingredients of the label and she would listen in carefully how this food had reacted or she had reacted to the food. She was on antidepressants. And so she would feel out, okay which cocktail of these is working until she realized none of them were. But she kept staying in touch with herself and kept examining and questioning how certain behaviors, medications, foods, external stimuli, and internal input were affecting her. That, to me, to this day, is an example of self-care, and so, as a consequence, self-love. When you constantly exercise and are interested and curious in how you are reacting, how you're doing, and how that affects you. And this friend was still able to help me when I needed help. It's not like she just totally took care of herself and everybody else didn't matter. No, but there was always an examination going on while she also took care of others. So the last or one of the last things I'm going to say about this is how do I know that I love myself or that I'm on my way to doing so? For many years and even sometimes these days, depending on what life is serving up today, (laughs) I still find it hard to know, have I learned anything? Am, am I getting better at this? Am I just high fiving myself? I don't know if you've heard of this whole thing on Insta. It was a huge trend, and then she wrote a book about it. Forgotten her name right now, but it's called the High Five Habit. And so the idea is that you high five yourself in the mirror. I can strongly recommend it. It's a really fun thing to do, even if it's just a point of making yourself look really silly. But how do I know? that I am high-fiving myself every day, that things are getting better in the self-love department. And for me, I couldn't often feel it inside. But what I did manage to look at was, had my circle of friends changed since I first embarked on this journey? Did the choice of romantic partners get modified in any way? What is the interaction with my parents like now? Have I noticed changes there? And what about my career? Have I made more conscious choices maybe? Do I feel like I can more identify with my career, my circle of friends, whatever it is in my life than I used to be able to? And is the discrepancy between how other people see me and how I see me getting smaller? Do I enjoy my own company more than maybe I did before? Do I make different meals for myself? And why? Why do I do these things? Because someone told me or because maybe I've actually begun to enjoy taking care of myself. And so those are some of the questions we can ask ourselves when we're not sure, how am I doing here? How's that whole self-love thing working out for me? So I'd really love to hear from you. What are some of the questions that you ask yourself? Or how have you shown up for yourself in your life that truly manifests this whole idea of self-love that everybody and their brother (laughs) is claiming to be pursuing these days. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. As always, you can write to me at bitchbreathe at gmail.com. The I in the word bitch is a number one. Join us on our Facebook group of the same name or just drop me a line on Instagram. Thank you again for joining me for 50 episodes of Bitch Breathe. Until next time, stay well.